welcome to the inaugural episode of Bulls Bros, a podcast uh, featuring conversations about everything you wanted to talk about, about the Chicago Bulls, plus some things you really don't care about. I'm Alex in Los Angeles, joined by my brother Max in Chicago. Hello, Max. Hello, hello. Ready to talk about some exciting information on the Chicago Bulls. Excellent, as am I. And to clarify, we are both sports bros, but then also actual literal brothers. Hence, Bulls Bros. Yep, uh, a very apt name, if I do say so. I agree. So, what we're going to get into today is the Bulls offseason. Such, such as it is right now, we're recording this uh, Monday, August 16th. Um, we want to get to this when the Bulls had completely concluded their offseason, but there is a big piece of that offseason we're still kind of waiting for, but we don't know how long we're going to be waiting. It could be another month. Who knows? So we just figured we'd get into it now. Um, we're going to talk about who that is in a second, although you probably know. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the draft from 2021. We made a bunch of um, interesting moves. Oh, no, wait, no, we didn't. We drafted one guy. <laughs> we did nothing because we <laughs> traded all of our picks. That's right. Arturus Kurnasovas and Mark Eversley, our new front office uh, core tandem, uh, don't value draft picks the way that our prior front office did. Although prior front office, to be fair, only dr- valued first-round draft picks and did not care about second-round Specifically draft picks. the seventh overall pick. Yes, we love the seventh the first, overall pick. Of the first round. And we hated ever trying to trade up or do anything interesting. And we We're always trading down our and getting pick. value. Also not exactly. a fan of that. Yeah, we didn't do anything that required work. That's not what we were about. When we or were. money. Yes, Garform and John Paxson were about saving money and trying to be decent enough to qualify for the playoffs. Uh, until the last couple of years when they decided to tank and save money, but also they didn't want to do as much as you could do to maximize you know, your, um, your swings in uh, accruing assets in the draft. Anyway, I'm getting off topic already. Let's talk about Ayo Dosumu, the guard we drafted with the number 38 pick um, from the University of Illinois, who is a Chicago native. Uh, we signed him to a two-year, $2.48 million deal. Um, as fairly, you know, standard practice for a second-round pick. Um, so, you know, actually, hey, we're going to jump up a little bit uh, because I don't know much about this guy, but Max watched a lot of Summer League this year in Vegas. And so let's give the scouting report Max on this guy, our new sort of deep reserve point guard slash shooting guard. You know... I will say that watching Summer League, I felt he acquitted himself quite well. Um, he's he's long. He's athletic. He can pass. Uh, he cannot shoot because that would be too good and uh, and too too awesome. But I like his defense. I like his hustle. I feel like he can contribute uh, right away and actually add some value. Um, and and we'll see what, see if he comes along offensively. But uh, you know, in the last game, he scored twenty six. So uh, you know, some developmental possibilities. Uh, great out in transition. I think he's going to run the floor well, um, fit in nicely with some of our more athletic guys, uh, such as they are. So, uh, you know, I'm a fan. I think he's. I think he was a good pick. He fell. I think he was a first round talent. Fell too far. Well, that's exciting. You want to hear that kind of thing. Um, and uh, for like some of the technical specs, he's a six five. Uh, Right-hander, um, he's 21 years old, 200 pounds, um, and um, yeah, so he can, some podcasts um, 
have projected him as sort of a Kobe White replacement. Kobe White has a shoulder injury. He's going to be out for the start of the year. Uh, he's been sort of a disappointing point guard, our uh, lottery pick in 2019, I believe. Um, and um, he's interesting, but he so far has been sort of a disappointment as a lead ball handler. Um, he's just sort of a, a shooter, kind of athletic and kind of big for a point guard, but... Um, without the scoring aptitude you need as a two guard and without the defense or size really. I mean he's he's like six four. He's he's kind of an undersized two guard really. But Io sounds like a different kind of player because it really sounds like uh the offense is not the main thing for him. It's um well at least not the shooting. The main thing is the defense and um the potential on that end. Right? Yeah, I mean I just think he's a, a different Different style player, probably a uh, probably more versatile, um, multiple positions. Kobe White, I mean, look, you know, we can get into it now. I think he's been a major disappointment. Um, I think he was a bad draft pick. I think he's been injury prone. I don't think he can make shots uh, consistently because they're all jump shots. He doesn't attack the basket, even though he is very athletic. He is a good shooter from a spot up perspective. If you if you dish him the ball and he's open, he's gonna make them. But um, I think he was 40% plus on, on uh, catch-and-shoot threes last year. But at the same time, if you're going to turn the ball over, you can't make everyone else around you better, and you really are not a good defensive player, you're, you're going to have a limited role in this league. So if you draft somebody in the lottery and they're basically a six-man, um, I just don't think, I don't think that's what you're, what you're looking for. So I'm out on Kobe White, I got to say. I'm, I'm, I'm in on like keeping him if it's a reasonable you know, right now it's still a good number contract-wise, but um, long-term, I don't think he's part of the Bulls' future. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'm looking at the sort of the list of guys drafted below White uh, out of North Carolina in 2019. Um, we're, we're getting a little out of order, but I, we might as well just, like, talk about it. Um, Cam Reddish at, at 10 by the Hawks. Um, I would have preferred to have Cam Reddish, especially on this team right now, which we can talk about Oh, it'd about be a great fit. Assuming he could stay on the court. Forward. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. He had serious injury issues with his Achilles tendon last year. He uh, didn't have surgery, but he did a non-surgical procedure, whatever that means. Um, P.J. Washington. Yeah. Um, and um, Tyler Hero, uh, I guess, is kind of the best guy remaining on the board here that we could have grabbed. He would have been awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, he had a bit of a down year last year, but he was yeah, – I think he's still very good. I, I He would be better than Kobe yeah. White. No question about it. Yeah, and then there's some interesting guys like Matisse Tybel, who has a very defined but limited role with the Sixers, um, and then Brandon Clark. He'd be Clark. good fit on this team. Yeah, there's some interesting names here, yeah, that I prefer over Kobe White. Yeah, but at the uh, end of the day, um, it is what it is. Yeah. Can't look yeah, backwards, whatever. time to look forwards. I just don't want him to be a negative trade. Like, I want us to be able to trade for, like, a late first-rounder form at the very least. I'm a little worried that— He's going to turn into Lowry marketing situation. Yeah, <laughs> because I think he's on track to do that if we can't get him offloaded sooner. He was our last Garpax draft pick, so it's sort of appropriate. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, anyway, speaking of Garpax, uh, again, Arturis Karnasovis, our team president, and our GM, Mark Eversley, are sort of the opposite of Garpax. Um, yes. As, as we get into free agency and trade talk, we, we made a bunch of deals. We completely remade the roster. And if you look at... Um, the the last Garpax roster at the end of the 2019-2020 season and the first 
uh, and, and the current state of the roster, there's almost no one that we had on that team that is currently on this team, with a couple of key exceptions. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the deals. Okay, so um, the big deal we've been talking about for like years, uh, I think since Garpax, is Lonzo Ball. He's been rumored to, to want to be a bull for at least like I want to say two years. Um, he is our new starting point guard. We added him in a sign-in trade with the Pelicans uh, for Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a 2024 second-round pick. Uh, it's a four-year, $80 million deal. Now, if he stays as the exact player he is right now, it's a bit of an overpay. But we're sort of projecting for future value. And there's there's been enough flashes. He's, you know, after sort of a, a rocky start with the Lakers, he kind of came into his own with the Pelicans. He's always had good court vision and... Um, uh, good defensive instincts but he he got a three-point shot while with uh, the pelicans and uh, that's very valuable i don't know if he's ever going to be an all-star i think his ceiling now is sort of a fringe all-star type um but even uh if he's just an above average starter that's great for us at a position of need we haven't had a point guard of this level since um i guess derrick rose uh rajon rondo the one year we had rajon rondo was not that good well, but playoff, hey, in the hey, playoffs, hold on, hold on a second. Playoff yeah, Rondo we, was a was basically an MVP caliber player, so um, you know that's true. <laughs> playoff Rondo was awesome, and if he was healthy, we would have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm, in I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah, Maybe absolutely. Maybe win the whole thing. I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'd have beaten LeBron. In the I mean, finals. well, you know, I guess, I guess not, but. Um, he did it once on the Celtics, so I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Look, here's the thing. I've got a lot of thoughts about Lonzo. Okay? Let's do it. I think we should talk about it because he was, you know, the hot name, you know, the new hot car, you know, the 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 big the big uh, rumor during the trade deadline. Um, yeah. I was hoping we would trade for him. I made that known. I felt uh, that he, for Lowry, would have been a good situation. Um. This worked out. I think it's a great deal. Uh, I actually like the fact he's a 23-year-old for four years. I mean, you're still getting him into his prime. I mean, this is a really a good opportunity, I think. The contract that, you know, the first year, I mean, if he pays, he plays like he did last year, maybe it's not worth. Um, but over time, I think it will be. And, um, look, he plays defense. He's actually a better off-ball defender than he is an on-ball defender. I think that's a little bit something people don't necessarily think about, but he gets steals, he gets in passing lanes. Um, he's big, you know. He's and he uh, he can you know he can pass and and he doesn't need the ball all the time and he can make spot up threes. I think he shot like thirty seven percent from three last year. So I'm a big fan of this move. I think he's a good fit alongside our current players. I think he makes the team better. And I think it was a smart deal. And Thomas Sanaransky and Garrett Temple were free agents that were going to walk anyway. So that's my perspective. Well, Sanaransky had a player option. Or, or it, was a, it was a partially guaranteed deal, sorry. Yeah. Sadransky was on a partially guaranteed deal. Yeah, it would and, have been um, a cap hit if we had tried to let him go. So it was better to, to trade him. Yeah, and then Temple was a free agent, uh, and he had to sort of sign a new deal with the Pelicans for, for the trade yeah. to happen. Yep. Uh, he would have been great to retain as like a backup too, uh, but you know, easily worth the price. I think. Um, yeah, look as a throw-in for the Lonzo deal. At the end of the day, just if you look at the team last year, neither of those guys. I mean, I guess on paper, both those guys were 
worth their current value, the deals they were on. I um, disagree about Sadoransky. I don't think he's that good. He's paying, he's getting paid like $10 million right now, and he's really not that good. He's serviceable backup or fringe starter, I guess. Look, I don't – I think it was a great deal. I think it worked out well. I think, in general, everyone was a fan of it. So um, I like the deal. I'm on. I'm, I'm with him. I think that that's an A. I think it's a good deal. Yeah, like trade uh, trade grade, sign and trade grade, free agent grade, whatever you call it, exactly, because it is a sign and trade. I guess uh, I would go. I guess I'll go A. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I it took me some time to get talked into it, but yeah. I'm, I'm pretty into it. It did. I will say, um, so Lonzo, um, so he's 37.5 percent last or 2019, uh, 2020 on six point three three point attempts, and yeah. then 37.8% this year and eight point three. Yeah, it's a substantial number. High volume of yep. threes, so it's not a fluke. It's a no. legit thing. Two straight years, um, you know. And he had no one good passing. I mean, he didn't have. It wasn't. I, I think that was a dysfunctional team. You know. Yeah, I mean, the Pelicans are surprisingly the team's bad. Teams a mess. Stan Van Gundy, you know, maybe the worst coach last year in the league. Got to be. Got to be up there. That's what Bill Simmons fired says. after one year. I mean, yeah. yikes. He was not good. Nope. Nope. He's a great announcer, though. He's fun. So I like sure him as an announcer. The, the Van Gundys are better announcers than they were coaches. I think it's pretty safe to say. Yeah, and Jeff is not like a – well, I don't know what Jeff would be like now. You know? I tell you, he was a, a considered for that Houston Rockets position. Didn't get it. Recently. Like yep. the, the, the recent the, – yep. like this last 2020, 2021 yep. season. He yeah. was an assistant coach on the Olympic team that just won a gold medal. So I want to give him some, sh- some credit for that, for this patriotic – contribution but uh yes congratulations to zach and jeff van gundy olympic champions correct uh okay so now demar Derozan um was the other big get now this one had been talked about a little bit as like a possibility if lonzo somehow didn't happen because he's sort of a lead ball handler too um and i didn't love the idea of him as much um but i didn't think we'd get both of them and um yeah, well, well, okay, let me, let me talk about the deal, and then we'll talk about our feelings about the deal. This one's a little bit – people have different – It's controversial. There's a couple of different – yeah, a couple of perspectives out there. But um, so uh, it was a sign trade with the Spurs. Right. Uh, for Thad Young, um, everyone's uh, favorite – Magic Johnson. Uh, yeah, everyone's favorite seventh man. Al Farouk <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what he is, okay? <laughs> He's a uh, he's a he's a backup small ball five, but a really good one. Pretty good one. Backup. He's a really good backup small ball five. Yeah, and he's you know he he can guard three positions. He can pass. Um, he can, he can post bit. up smaller guys. Yeah, I mean, if and, you're you know, if you're his size or smaller, he puts you to work in in the in the post. That's actually okay. We can get into that too in a second because I have a lot of thoughts about Thad being part of this deal. Um, yes. No, so we, we traded him, and we traded the contract of Al Farouk Aminu, uh, who, you know, used to be good, but uh, is now just Ten a contract. Ten years ago, maybe. Yeah. I also, uh, we don't know, I mean, how old is he really, you know? Oh, is he one of those? I think he's one of those. Like, Serge Ibaka is probably like 40. He certainly declined quick, quickly. Real quick. You know, Serge Real Ibaka quick. did. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, one protected first round pick, uh, 2025 is the earliest year that that protected first round pick can convey, um, because of some other trades we did a 2022 Lakers second round pick and a 2025 Bulls second round pick. 
and DeRozan's going to be our starting small forward. Um, and so, oh, and, and give the, him call him, you know he's a slash point forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually okay. So that's a, the other thing though is the price. Uh, it's a three-year, eighty-five million dollar, fully guaranteed deal. Um, well, it's eighty-one point nine plus incentives could be eighty-five. Wait, where are you seeing that again? Basketball Insiders. Okay, we'll go with that then. 81 point, say it again? 81.9, and then with incentives, 85. So he has okay. to get the incentives. Do we know what the incentives are? I don't know what the incentives are, but it's also, mm. I looked at it, the deal increases every year. So it's 26 this coming year, then 27.3, then 28.6. So, Got it. I mean, and he will be age 34 season. 34 turning 35, it'll be 28.6. Right now he's like 32. So, yeah. Well, you know, so, okay, so let's get into it now. So, DeRozan's the most controversial signing. I guess we didn't even have the. There's another big signing that we could have got into first because I have a lot of thoughts on DeRozan, but we'll try to keep it brief. Um, basically, uh, it's a bit of an overpay, but there's sort of a, a method to the madness of the overpay. Uh, we, we're paying him, you know, we paid him at a point of free agency where um, there were just not a lot of. It didn't seem like there were a lot of teams out there that DeRozan would have been able to get anything close to this money with, um, you know, outside of someone like the Thunder or whatever. But uh, as, like, you know, a non-All-Star starter who, you know, is a former four-time All-Star with the Raptors, um, it's just, you know, if we paid him, like, $10 million less a year, I think that would be fair. But then on top of the overpay... um, of the contract, it's um, we also sent out a lot of value that we could have retained. I think I, I don't think we need to send out three draft picks um, plus Thad Young. Um, the original idea was that we would trade to a sign trade with restricted free agent Lowry Markkinen um, because the Spurs were interested in him, but apparently Lowry Markkinen wanted too much money, and so the Spurs balked, and we threw in Thad Young instead. Uh, Thad Young, we could have traded separately for value, or or even better yet, we could have kept Thad Young as the backup four that we right now need, and is probably going to be Lowry Markkinen, um, who is not nearly as good. So it was just frustrating that we paid this much and that we gave up um, this much future equity. I wish we had kind of split the difference, paid a little less, and given up, you know, fewer things. Uh, it just didn't seem like there was going to be another team out there that would offer him nearly this much. I guess the other thing to wonder is, would he have signed with us if we didn't drastically overpay? Maybe not. But was this the right number? I don't know. But I think the thinking is, we're building a very competent um, team, a playoff team uh, that really offensively fits around our all-star, Zach Levine, and maybe our other all-star, Nikola Vucevic. We'll see if Nikola Vucevic is an all-star this year. Um, But uh, those are our two best players, I would say. And uh, DeRozan makes sense as a basketball fit in some ways. He's a, he's a really bad defender, but on offense, he's an awesome passer. One of, he was, he was one of the better passers in the NBA last year with the Spurs. Um, and he is uh, a great mid-range shooter and a great slasher. And so surrounded by three-point shooters at all the other positions, uh, DeRozan makes sense. You know, he's not going to clog up the floor um, he can he can continue to help the floor spacing because everyone else is a, an above average three point shooter in that starting lineup, um, and, and DeRozan contributes an offense in every way that the other guys don't. 
Um, he also got to the line at a crazy rate. I don't remember the exact number. Max, do you? That was like seven, like almost double digits. I mean, it was a lot. Eight times a game. I mean, it was a lot. I I look. I have a lot of thoughts on Demar Derozan. Okay. I my thing is at the end of the day. I I would have much rather given up Lowry Markkinen. I don't get why we had to give up a first-round pick. If we did have to give up a first-round pick, because, okay, what we should have done, I disagree with you about that, Thad. I think what we should have done is during the year, traded him for a first-round pick because his value at the trade deadline was quite high. There's a lot of teams. I heard the rumors where we could have gotten a first-round pick for him. I think we could have done it. I don't understand why we had to trade him and a first and two seconds like, that just seems like, plus pay this guy all this money. It seems like we had to give up too much. It seems like we overpaid. But if it was, if this is what it was going to take, then it's worth it because I think as a distributor, point forward, I mean, he averaged, I think, 6.9 assists per game last year. Um, you know, he was scoring 21 points a game. It, it's hard to find guys like that. There just aren't that many guys like that who do that efficiently. There just aren't. Um, so if you can get one and he, like, he, I mean, and he fits the rest of your roster, I actually like the idea of having a lot of ball handlers and because we have a big who can space the floor and post up and run. A, he, this guy can run a pick and roll. I, we, I mean, right now we have Lonzo, Zach, and DeMar DeRozan. All these guys can run a pick and roll, run pick and pop. Um make open jump shots, um, pass the ball. I mean, it's a very versatile starting lineup. I think it's a very modern NBA starting lineup. Offensively, I think defensively, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be real bad because you have at the point of attack, Zach Levine, who's a really bad defender, DeMar DeRozan, who's an atrocious defender, Nikola Vucevic, who's a bad frontline defender, and you're asking a guy who's about to turn 20, Patrick Williams, to be a stud a wing defender slash Ford. And I, I just, I think that's asking a lot, but between him and Lonzo and then, you know, Caruso off the bench. I mean, at the end of the day, I do like the lineup and I think we can score a lot of points. So I like the fit. It'll be fun to watch. I just think we, I think we gave up more than I think we should have had to, but maybe that's what it took. How do we know? How do we know what, what, what was the opportunity? And, and should we have just held on to those things and try to get off the Aminu contract in another way? Yeah, because where do we go deal? with that? That's my other thing. Is like, okay, let's say we hold on to those things. What do we then do? Because, like, what's the next step? Because how, like, it's hard to get guys that score 20 points a game and dish out seven assists a game. Like, there's just not that many guys that do that. So how else are you going to get one? I think that's the same logic. It's kind of the logic that we got Vucevic with. How many guys are gonna you gonna get to score twenty five a game, get like thirteen rebounds, and shoot forty percent from three while being able to post up, and can pass the ball? Like, there's not that many guys that can do these things. So I I get it. Um, I like the fit. I just and I don't know what else you were gonna do with that shit, like that stuff, because like what else is that worth? You know what I mean? Like, what else could we – could we have gotten another guy who could store 20 a game and dish out seven assists? No. 
Well, not that I can think of offhand, but, you know, we could have done something like a, a marketing for Hart sign and trade. But it sounds like marketing really wants the moon. And, and Josh Hart yeah, just they, signed a three-year deal for $38 million. Yeah, Mar- marketing wants more than that. So how is that going to – we could have paired it with Aminu, I guess, and, like, done that. But, you know, that's not that's not moving the needle, you know. Then we're still a fringe – I mean, I don't know what's the argument because I mean we'll get into like where we fit in the East, but at the end of the day, I, I think it makes us an attractive place to pay. I like the fit. I think Patrick Williams can learn a lot from Demar Derozan, in terms of offensively things he can do, and how he sees the game. Um, I like some of the veteran leadership he can bring. Um, yeah. I mean, defensively, I don't know. But, like, in the half court, which is what the playoffs are all about, can you pass, get open, make plays for yourself and others in the half court? DeMar DeRozan can do those things. And he's made deep playoff runs before, at least relatively deep. He got beat by LeBron James, but LeBron James is one of the best five players of all time. A lot of guys got beat by LeBron James. So I'm just saying, like, he's not that bad. And maybe he just didn't give a shit about defense on the Spurs. No one else did. Yeah, that's not – I mean, that's a salient point. I guess the one thing is, like, it's not like he was ever a great stopper or anything. No. But he certainly – But the Raptors were worse. a better defensive team. Like, it wasn't like the Raptors were a bad defensive team. So, he, I don't know. If the structure is there, if the infrastructure is there, I'm a DeMar DeRozan believer. Um, I'm, I'm signing up right now, you know, get your playoff tickets. That's okay. So, that's not actually a big thing. Is Like you were saying, it's about making the Bulls an attractive place to play. And so we're building all these pieces around Zach. It's partially to uh, appease Zach, who is going to be uh, an unrestricted free agent next summer um, and uh, has never made the playoffs before. Um, So we want to do right by Zach, build a team that fits around him and makes sense, and in a lot of ways, again, on offense, DeRozan does. But the other thing beyond that, too, is just showing other guys who are going to force their way out at some point, hey, look at this team, look at how much the city supports this team, look how much money we're willing to spend Right. to build up this team. Right. Um, you know, so, like, you think about the the way that the Knicks are positioning themselves similarly. Like they've done some slight overpays themselves, especially with the retaining guys, but but also... Um, but they got a lot of team options on those yeah, deals. Right, they have a lot of options, and they, they still have a lot of draft equity that we don't. Um, True. And so they're positioned well, and, and people saw, and I think understood, you know, how a competently run Knicks organization with a good coach and a good front office... Um, you know, how that can sort of light up the city, you know, in a way that the Brooklyn Nets, who have a bunch of studs, cannot. But the Brooklyn Nets only really happened in part because they were at a big market, but in part because they had a competent team in place that's been more or less dismantled now. But, you know, um, a lot of... guy left is Joe Harris. Right, and a lot of assets, you know. Um, A lot of assets that eventually were used to get uh, James Harden. But... um, you know, it's a it's a team that uh, is appealing because of the location and because of uh, the way they treated the team before any studs got there. So we're hoping to be that for somebody too. I think in the back of our minds, you know, maybe that's like a Luca thing or who knows. Hundred percent. I mean, we do have Arturis Jokic. Maybe I'm. I don't know. Just saying. Look, at the end of the day, I also want to point out that this Demar Derozan deal it maxes out, let's say, twenty eight million cap hit or whatever in the third year. I mean, that's still a number you can move with something else to get another star. 
Like I, I mean, people make it sound like this number is this this money is so great. It's only a three year deal. Like you, it becomes an expiring contract after two years, and we've seen plenty of evidence that an expiring contract, even if it's a high number, can get moved. So, you know, I'm just saying, like, I, I think people are kind of. It's not like this is a five year deal. It's a three year deal. I'd rather yeah. overpay on a three year deal than than over than give somebody five years and pay them whatever ninety million dollars, hundred million dollars, I guess. Right. Now the big thing with that though. The big thing is... Um, Who else was going to pay him? Yeah, yeah but, but another thing that people are saying that I totally disagree with, especially on The Ringer, is that they think that the DeRozan signing is some sort of contingency plan against Zach leaving, which I completely disagree with. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. Except he's a lead ball handler and he can score 20-plus points a game, like you said. I guess. Okay, you know? but those people clearly don't watch these either of these two guys play because if they did, they would see that they are... Extremely different players. Right. Mar DeRozan's game is not predicated on athleticism. He can't score in all three phases. He can't shoot threes, but he passes the ball, and he's efficient with passing it. And guess what? He has a low turnover rate, which Lonzo also does. Yeah. Um. So in those ways, completely different than Zach. He also gets to the line, which Zach right. does not really do. So, but part of that's I think he gets calls. But regardless, I I I don't. Those people not watching these guys play. So. I, it's kind of weird, and it's almost like they've like modern basketball. It's like you need multiple ball handlers, multiple guys that can get their own shot. Because what happens is in the playoffs, people have time to plan, time to match up, and they hunt. You know, they're like, okay, game plan for this guy, and you need to have people that can alleviate that. I mean, even Patrick Williams. I mean, he can, he can make. I think next year he's going to shoot basically forty percent from three. You know. And, and open shots. I mean, he's going to be wide open all the time. So I, I just I, – I like it. I think it's a good fit. I don't think he's a Zach Levine replacement. Yeah, I think he, he's there to be a compliment and to do the things that Zach doesn't do yeah. uh, on offense. If and there's I think anything it makes a lot of sense on offense. Yeah. If there's any – I do think you're onto something with the Brooklyn Nets, though. I think there's the idea to make it an exciting place – and honestly, one of the things we've seen in the NBA recently is the idea of having guys that can do all these different things, you know, dribble, shoot, pass, and that adds that, you know, versatility, ability to switch. And you say he's a bad defender, and I say, yes, but when you switch, somebody who's not a good fit for their matchup is also a bad defender. So, it, like, it kind of mitigates some of that. That's the whole point of switching. That, that's the whole idea. So, yeah, he's a bad defender, but we're constantly moving and switching anyway. So, I, well, I, it, it is what it is. I don't know. I like, I like it. I'm excited. I think it'll be a good fit. Um, I think it's a good team. I really do. Cool. And now let's get into the weeds a little bit more. You mentioned Alex Caruso. That was our third big signing. Um, that was an outright signing. We signed him, we signed him into our um, uh exception this year, a mid-level exception. Um, Four-year, $37 million deal. Um, and uh, he's our backup combo guard. He's a very good defender. Uh, kind of, he, he's, you know, he's big. He can kind of guard three positions, but especially um, point and shooting guard. And um, he's a very good three-point shooter. Um, he's sort of sneakily athletic. I've seen him dunk in person. Um, as a Laker, and the crowd went crazy. Um, the bald eagle. Yeah, 
and uh, he finally shaved his, his head and didn't. Uh, he was clinging to scraps for a second, but he's finally moved past that. Right. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, I I did not expect at all that we would get him. There was no talk of us trying to get him, yeah. and then it just happened. Very sneaky um, move. And that's an I think it's an awesome signing. Is it like a little more, like you look at comparable deals? Is it a bit of an overpay compared to what Cameron Payne was paid, which was uh, I believe a four year, nineteen million dollar deal? Um, you know, perhaps, but um, yeah, but Cameron Payne took a discount, and Cameron took a discount, and also and he had, he's had one awesome year. Caruso's had what, like three Cameron awesome Payne years? really only had one awesome playoff campaign, and also he doesn't play defense. Wait, I mean, so you said campaign had one awesome playoff campaign? Yeah, I mean, his, his year was not like good, but yeah, what? Did you, did you hear what he said? Yes. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Whatever. Um, look, we have our we have legacy uh, scars. We're scarred from Cameron Payne experience. But I I am a huge Caruso believer. I think he's great for the fans. He plays defense. He shoots threes. I think statistically he was one of the better defenders on ones and twos in the league last year. Um, if LeBron likes you, then you know that you're doing something. You know he they played major minutes in the playoffs. He won a title. I mean, you can't tell me there's not something to be gained by having some title experience on this team with a bunch of guys that haven't made the playoffs. Or if they yeah. have, they get eliminated in the first round. So, I like it. Come on. I'm all in on, on Alex Caruso. It's not that much money. It's not much money. What else He's are we going to uh... do with that money? I mean, are we going to get a better fit and a better player for $9 million a year for four years? I don't think so. I think he really helps, too, with uh, fortifying defensive depth yes. on the perimeter because Huge. of the issues for Zach and DeMar. Yeah, because we can easily swap them in and out so that you have a good defender while one of them is on the court. So they're not always, uh, depending on matchups and whatever. So I, I like it. Um, you can also play him at the three, I think. You could do a him, Lonzo, and one of those guys you know, to create offense, but you have a couple defenders out there. You can mix it up. Maybe we go small. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, you know. He's 6'4". I'm wrong. He's 6'4". But Lonzo's 6'6". Six, six. Lonzo could be the three. Whatever. They can, you know, it's the NBA. I mean, Zach Levine could play the three. He's bad at defending the twos. Why not be bad at defending the threes? Put him on the worst guy. That's my whole point, right? Like, I, I just think that there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of things here. I like it. Um, I like the Caruso deal. I'm all about it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so he's a career 37.7% shooter on a career uh, average of 1.9 attempts. Last year it was 40.1% and 2.4 attempts. Um, pretty well, he's, good. He's not going to be taking that many because he's not going to be on the floor 35 minutes a game. He'll be on the floor 25 minutes a game. Exactly, if that. So it's it's great. It's a yeah. good value pick. Uh, yes. He's pretty young i think yeah. it makes a lot of sense 100 um, so yeah I, I like the deal Love it. um okay so next up we have tony bradley signing as our backup center right um, for the minimum basically veterans minimum two-year deal with a player option for the second deal if he outperforms that deal right. um he was most recently i believe with the thunder and yeah but he um, got flipped from the sixers to the thunder Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's right. But you know, he was on. The, I think it was part of the probably the George uh, Hill deal, probably. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But you know what? I I we we he played against us at the United Center. I remember watching, and I remember watching him absolutely annihilate whoever we had at center. It was probably like Wendell or something like that. I it was before we got Vooch, 
and he looked really good. So um, he's a low post player, more traditional, uh, you know, low post player. So he could be someone we flip in there. I like him. He's he's young. He's like twenty three, basically. Um, I don't know. I mean, as a backup, I think he's a good fit. Yeah, he averaged 7.1 points per game and 5.7 rebounds per yeah, game. Yeah, he shot 65% or something from the field. Like, in the post, he's good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 66.5%. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm a fan. I think it's and a good signing. 0.7 blocks. So, almost a block a game in just 16.3 yeah. minutes yeah. a game. It's, so. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think it's a good fit. It's he, a good value fit. Huge. Um, I like him. Me too. It's a great. I think it's a great selection. Uh, rather have him than like half the old guys on the Lakers front court. So yeah, or like Luke Cornett. Yeah, God, that guy's trash. That guy was trash. Um, anyway, and uh, ultimately, uh, Daniel Tice would have probably had to switch over to the backup five, and uh, he got a uh, four-year, thirty-six million dollar deal. Right. With the Rockets. Uh, yeah. We sent him to the Rockets in a sign and trade for cash consideration. Right. But we don't want to pay him $36 million to be a backup. Plus, he Hell does not have the athleticism or the upside of Bradley. I mean, he's better than Bradley right now. Well, I think he's got some good athleticism, actually, Daniel Tice. Let's rescind that. Let me, let me, let me think that. Okay, hold on. Uh, okay, so Daniel Tice, uh, four-year, $36 million deal. He's... Um, we, it'd be a major overpay for what's ultimately a backup center. So I think Bradley's 100%. a perfectly fine replacement. 100%. And you can mention the, the athleticism now if you want. Yeah, I think he, I think he athletically, um, Daniel Tice is pretty solid. I liked watching him. You know, I thought he was fun. Um, but I think he's one of these guys that looks like he's a good individual defensive player and plays well on the team defensively and definitely helps you with like interior presence but at the end of the day did he really contribute to winning i you know i think you need a good perimeter scoring team around him he's not worth that much money it's like if you had to choose between him and caruso it it doesn't even take 30 seconds to make that decision so um i'm i think this is great and it's a really modern decision not overpaying for a backup low post center you know who would have Gar Foreman and John Paxson, 100%. Oh, yeah. Like, Cristiano Felicio got paid, like, four times as much as we're, about, as we're paying Tony Bradley. Like, someone needs to explain that to me. I never even saw Cristiano Felicio catch a pass in the ready motion to shoot. It was like he, he wasn't able to coordinate his hands. Do you remember he would run and it was like not – he couldn't handle the ball? Anyway. I remember he showed flashes in – the 2015-2016 season, he closed games like ahead of Pau Gasol. Now yeah, like, he, it's done. He was getting paid over. like $8 million a year or something. Obscene. Yeah, they basically they signed him off the back of a non-playoff uh, run at the end of the season, you know, to, against teams that were sort of checked out because we were not a playoff team. Now, so, what I do want to understand and what someone needs to explain to me is what the fuck happened with Daniel Gafford because – before Billy Donovan, I really liked what I saw from him defensively. I really did, and the energy. This past year, he did not look good. And then he goes to Washington and plays great. So I don't understand what happened there. So I don't know if this is a coaching situation or just a Daniel Gafford personal problem. I don't know. Um, I still also don't know what happened with Chandler Hutchinson, who basically disappeared for half the season for unknown reasons. So... 
whatever. But the point is, I like Bradley. I think it's a smart signing. A good free agent move. Hutchinson might just be bad. Gafford is something. Hutchinson, you know, I don't know if he's an NBA player. Right? I know, like, but yeah, I also don't size, know what personally but... happened with him. It was kind of weird. I'm all about the Tony Bradley signing. I think it was a good choice. I feel like I really liked all of these moves. Uh, we can get into Simonovich if you want, but I really liked all of these these guys. With the one thing with DeMar DeRozan, I feel like that deal could have been handled better, but the rest of these I think were handled and executed very well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm excited about Lonzo and Caruso, especially. I think DeRozan is a cool fit. Yeah. Um, Bradley is totally fine. And, uh, yeah, so real quick, I guess we'll just say Devin Dotson, who was uh, with us last year, yeah. signed a qualifying offer uh, to be a two-way player again this year. Um, so we have one other two-way player slot available. Um, and then we signed our oh. 2020 draft pick, Marcos Simonovic. We drafted with the uh, 44th selection in 2020. Um, we signed him to a three-year deal at uh, $2.49 million uh, total. So um, it's it's not really it, – it, that's not a, a two-way deal, although I'm sure he'll spend some time to develop in the G League as well. Yep. Okay. Oh, and then um, – I like Detroit. What about Troy Brown? Do you want to talk Troy Brown? Yeah, that, we're going to talk about a roster in a second. I mean, right. more, we're going to fill out the, the rest of the deals. We haven't really talked about some of the existing guys on the roster, the, the guys we're retaining season to season. Uh, okay, so then other offseason moves we talked about. Oh, yeah, Felicio, we should say. Uh, Felicio signed with uh, a one-year contract with the German club, uh, Ratio Farm Ulm. Uh, so, Congrats to him. Congrats to him. <laughs> um, he's very, very rich. His deal with us was a four-year, $13 million deal. Um, you mean thirty-two then, million? That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thirty-two million. I mean, woo. That was uh, I can't believe we couldn't offload that contract, but also <laughs> I can. <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. So that is our off season to date. Um. And uh, the big thing left to do in the off season is uh deal with this Lowry marketing situation um yeah. he's a restricted free agent we extended him a uh, nine million dollar qualifying offer um he thought that he was going to get it seems like davis bertan's money like 80 million dollars for five years or something crazy or joe harris money which is 18 million dollars a year i believe uh so far uh none of those deals have uh well at least to our knowledge uh, arrived for him uh but we do know that the pelicans were kind of interested um Although it seems like they've moved on too, um, because they have Kelly Oubre Jr. now as like their big addition. Who's a I forward. think they could still make it work if they wanted to. Some sort of sign and trade deal. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, like we don't have a lot of money, so uh, it'd be great if our, our sign and trade deal uh, got us back some of the assets we gave away. Now, Marketing was the number seven pick in 2017. I don't think we're going to get a lottery level deal a lot sorry a lottery level first round pick i think we'd be lucky to get a first round pick (laughs) i think i think we could get we could get a first round pick because it does seem like teams were interested in adding marketing for like decent money just not the money he wanted but there's some sort of market for a guy that can shoot from three who's seven feet tall uh i you know he's an interesting player he's a depreciated asset now someone can just um you know, swoop in and grab him if they want. Uh, but I don't really know if he's going to get much more than like 
four years, 40 million bucks or something. Like, you know, maybe maybe 12 million a year, maybe four years, 48 million. I don't know. But those both seem a little high for this guy now. Like, I don't, I think he might be just sort of uh, a man without a team. So we might keep him uh, and then move him later. I kind of thought he was looking at a three year, $45 million deal. I thought that was kind of ballpark of what he was going to get. Um, seemed reasonable. I mean, he was a high lottery pick. He's still super young. He can shoot the three. Um, he's kind of athletic. Um, I mean, the problem is with him. I think. I think. I think. Just fundamentally, his defense is so bad. I mean, it is unbelievable. It is painful to watch. I mean, watching him on the court. Also, he has no idea what he's doing half the time. Like, if you give him the ball, the odds of something good happening are not very high. It's about the same. It's like if I take – I just don't like those those odds. And I also feel that um, people felt like if he wants to be – he thinks he's going to be this star, and I just don't think he is. Um, and and it's, it's hard because people don't have these – like, I think he'd be a good fit if you had a rim-running, defensive-oriented center. He could be your stretch four, you know. But at $15 million a year for three years, it's a lot. And then to also give up a fit. I think if we weren't asking for a first, someone would make it work. But uh, it's just it's pretty sad, honestly, that this is what it's come to. I remember a time when he was a very popular figure. You know, the next Dirk. Uh, yeah. T- turns out he, he ain't. He's not the next Dirk. He he was, like, a big part of that deal, you know, that um, Jimmy it, where Butler. we sent out. Yeah, we sent out Jimmy Butler and the number 16 pick, which I think became Justin Patton, uh, in return for <laughs> the number 7 pick, uh, Larry Markkinen, uh, Zach Levine, and Chris Dunn um, from Minnesota. Uh, now, that deal was a mistake. It was the wrong thing to do. We should have built around Jimmy Butler, uh, Nikola Mirotic, and uh, just a bunch of shooters. Uh, but we did not do that. And Jimmy Butler went to the finals, and we have not been back to the playoffs or even the play-in tournament since then. Um, Zach Levine is an awesome player, and that's great. I'm glad we got something out of that deal. Markkinen should have been able to at least get us more value back in a deal, in a trade, than it looks like he's going to. So he's been super disappointing just as an asset. And um, Chris Dunn, obviously, was... Uh, I guess he was, he's a good defender, but he's such a minus on um, offense, and then he just can't stay healthy. So, kind of a bust as a number five pick. No doubt. Um, okay. So, now let's talk about our depth chart, um, which actually still ties into Lowry a little bit anyway. And then uh, we'll talk about how they fit into the Eastern Conference, and then we'll get out of here. So... Uh, point guard, we got Lonzo, uh, the injured Kobe White. Um, I guess this new guy, Io, could be sort of a one or a two. And Devin Dotson, our two-way player. Um, at shooting guard, we have Zach Levine, Caruso, who can also, uh, again, play point guard in some lineups and nominally sort of is a point guard. Um, so he could be the, the key backup either way at either of those positions. And Javante Green. And <laughs> small forward, DeMar DeRozan is our starter, Troy Brown Jr. is our backup, and Javante Green can be our third backup. Uh, or Patrick Williams can be an option at small forward. But nominally, he is the starting power forward now, um, after being sort of small forward last season. Um, and then 
his backup is sort of TBD. It could be Lowry on this $9 million qualifying offer. It could be someone like Paul Millsap, who's still out there as a free agent. He's very old, but he used to be Paul Millsap. So <laughs> now he's the shadow of Paul Millsap. Yeah, now he's the ghost of Paul Millsap. Um, and then Hamadou Diallo is a restricted free agent with Detroit. Ugh, um, he would be great. He'd be awesome. He could be a back, our, He would be trade. our primary backup three and four. He could come in and play both positions. Yeah, I be, guess he would be yeah. a really good fit for us. See, before all this stuff happened, I was sort of hoping that we could do some sort of Lowry sign and trade for Harrison Barnes. Yeah, man. you're I'm a Harrison sort of Barnes out. believer. You're a all in on the Harrison Barnes hype train. Uh, talk about championship experience. You know, yeah. I mean, fifth best player on a title team, right? Sixth he best was. player. Uh, yeah. yeah, probably sixth because Andre Iguodala. Well, but was Finals um, MVP Andre Iguodala. Yeah, but was Bogut better than Barnes? Ooh, I don't think no, so. No, not that Bogut. Yeah. Milwaukee Bogut was. Milwaukee Bogut was before that incredible injury. That's another thing we could do sometimes: is like top crazy brutal NBA injuries. Different, different conversation. But anyway, um, yeah. So Harris Barnes would have been awesome. Uh, I don't think the money really works now. Um, I mean, we could do a sign trade if, if marketing signs to something. He just seems so Kingsy, Barnes doesn't he? Pay. He just seems like such a Kings player. The Kings love power forwards that can only do one thing, usually offense. And Europeans. I think yeah. he's basically their Bielitsa substitute. They needed a Biel- they need a Bielitsa <laughs> replacement. It's time. I mean, he's your guy. If you want uh, for a European white dude who really has only one skill, which is shooting, who's tall um, and awkward, and he isn't really that good at basketball, um, he's your guy. And you want to overpay it, him. I mean, perfect. And no defense. Yeah. No defense. Perfect fit perfect. for the Kings. Worst defense. About. Perfect. He's perfect fit. Just throw him out there. He'll get a lot of threes. Yeah. So the I don't. So, so the Barnes thing doesn't make sense anymore, really. But it could just be like. I mean, I don't know. We don't care about first-round picks if we could draft. <laughs> Maybe if we had one left. I don't know. Give us your draft picks back, Sacramento, if anything. Because yeah. they have picks. So. Maybe we could do like a swap or. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something. Second round pick. I don't know. Let's do it. A swap, and then we get a trade exception. You know what? Simonovich, they'd be all in on him. He's very Kingsy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dibach still has something going on with that organization. I'm sure he's still got some involvement, so. Yeah, well, he's no longer the team president. Now it's this guy, Monty McNair, who's part of the Daryl Morey sort of tree of front office people. Um, so ostensibly he's more competent and he did draft Tyrese Halliburton last year and, uh, Davion Mitchell this year. Okay. Well, Laurie marketing can be the new Ryan Anderson. He can be the new Ryan Anderson. He totally can in that he gets hurt a lot and he can shoot threes when he's healthy and And he's tall. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I think he should be, listen, he seems very Kingsy to me. I think there's a lot of teams though. To me, here's what I don't understand. Okay. Someone needs to explain this to me. If I'm a rebuilding team. And I need a floor spacer, which everyone needs floor spacers. You know, if I'm going to throw $25 million a year at Jared Allen, why not throw three years and like $15, 18000000 at Lowry Marketing? I mean, I don't – you know, you have to spend your cap space on something. Yeah. Now the money is going up everywhere, though. Yeah. yeah. From the Thunder, just pay him more than we can or do a sign-and-trade, and then you can trade him at the deadline. But the Thunder want draft picks, which we cannot give them. So true. Yeah, but they okay. want like yeah. shitty draft picks. Like it's almost like just a justification for Sam Presti to keep his job 
because yeah. he has so many draft picks coming. Eventually, one will be good. But the thing is, eventually, you have to pay these guys. And if they become good, you have to pay them. And, and, he did, and yeah. they don't want to pay them. So, well, then they paid Shea Gillis Alexander. So, I guess, whatever. They have Poku already. That's the problem. Poku's, <laughs> Poku's got a mark, mark in his spot. He can't take it. It's, I mean, Poku's kind of like a crappy Lowry who could become like what Lowry looked like he was going to be in a. Well, I, I don't know about that, but he could he could become something decent, which is what Lowry was looking like. He's and def- he might still be. He's definitely so. got a comedic flair to him. Pookie's funny, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like and then, uh, 180 pounds or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a string bean. And uh, so Lowry shot, yeah, 40.2% from three, 5.8 attempts uh, last season. So, you yeah. know, 51 games. Can't he's, stay on the court. He got yeah. we, we benched him. He couldn't play with Vooch. I mean, that's the, yeah, we should talk about that. Okay, so yeah, so sorry. So that's our. So we got this this issue with backup power forward. But then when we go to center, Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, let's is our talk starter. fit. Tony let's Bradley talk fit. is our starter. Marco Simonovic is the third backup, ostensibly. Yeah. But um, so that's the thing. Yeah, let's talk uh, fit on this team. Yeah, Lowry and Vuce were a terrible tandem last year. Can't for do the it. front court. You can't do it. So that's really the issue but, with but, bringing back Lowry. But here's the thing: it just, it just doesn't I, work. I want to bring this up. Thaddeus Young and Vuce were not a good fit in the front court either. Surprisingly, yeah. They really weren't. He's supposed to be this great backup, you know, do everything uh, Swiss Army knife backup. Yeah, but the problem forward. is he's not a good power forward. Like, he's not, a, he's, not, he's not good enough because he can't space the floor. So Thaddeus Young offensively needs a clean paint. He needs open uh, driving lanes. And then he's not good enough defensively to defend these long, big guys. So he can defend – like, he – not not the kind of like when you have Vooch and him together, it's just not it's 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 not good enough on either defense or offense. Because one of them is not in a good position on that front. So I I just personally was not I don't think he wouldn't Vooch would have worked together in the starting lineup, so Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did look like they I, I don't think you can play Val Lowry with him either. So I, I guess that's I mean and, and they tried playing with the three. They tried playing him with small forward, um, you know, uh, towards the end of the year. And that didn't look good either. Because he can't match up with those wings. We need somebody different. We need a Harrison Barnes type. Um but I just I don't think I don't know if that's out there. I don't yeah, know what's I think out Diallo, there. Diallo Diallo makes a lot of sense. If we could do a sign and trade for uh, Lowry and Diallo. I just don't know. I'm in. I don't know how much Diallo is going to cost. That's the thing. He hasn't been signed, right? So, I mean, also Detroit. I don't know. I think we could do it. I think we can do it. Okay. We, we can make it work if we have to. We can get rid of. We can include Troy Brown in the deal. A guy like that, a three-four, who can play defense and kind of make shots. Cool. But he doesn't have to be able to create his own shot. He just has to be able to cut and make open threes and play defense. Right. Because Vucevic uh, also has a pretty good handle. Um, it's not like he's bringing the ball to the yeah, floor, but, you but can he's dump a good it passer. Into him, and if he yeah. gets doubled, he's dishing it out to the open guys. They just need yeah. to make shots. Last year, these guys, a lot of them didn't make shots. I just want to point that out. Right. A lot of these guys uh, didn't make shots. And I guess okay, so so the the big things to talk about now on the roster um, are Patrick Williams. We didn't really touch on a ton. Our second year stud, who was the number four pick last year out of Florida, and looked awesome. Uh, well, looked very promising. He's very young. You know, and raw. you are a Patrick Williams hater. 
I am all about the paw. I, I don't know what, what this hatred of Patrick Williams is. I don't know what he did to you that you just are like, <laughs> oh, he's the sixth man of the year at ACC. That's not good enough for the fourth overall pick. He wasn't projected to be the fourth overall pick, and then we took him fourth overall. I don't is hate that him. what it is? I don't hate him. He's promising. He's playing his probably natural position in the NBA. I just I think it, we're putting a lot on this guy because right now he's, he's not even for, 20. Yeah, I know. That's the thing, though, is like, what is he? Is he going to be our Kawhi Leonard? That's a tall task, right? I think we'd be happy. We'd be more than happy if he was our Jeremy Grant, you know, uh, a guy who could play both four positions uh, and can shoot uh, and defend and is like sort of that third guy, yes. you know, on a high-level team. But see, I believe but he can be better than Jeremy Grant. That's the thing. If he, I do. If he is, if he's Jimmy Butler or something – then, then all of a sudden, okay, now we're in that that you know we're knocking on the door. But but if that doesn't happen, we don't have a ton of other places where we can See, sort of develop. I, I I think I think you're missing. I think Kawhi Leonard is the model. Um, I don't know. My I I think it's way too early to say if he'll get there. But I do want to point out that Kawhi Leonard could not shoot jumpers when he came into the league. Kawhi Leonard was older when he came into the league. Um, Kawhi Leonard was a better defender when he came into the league, but you know that was after a couple of years. So I love his attitude. You know, he's he's unassuming. He doesn't he doesn't show too much emotion, but he's very physical. He got bigger and stronger over the off season. He was able he's able to break guys down off the dribble a little more. He's a better passer. Um, he's a good defender, and I know he's not a great defender yet, but he is. I watched him in summer league. He looks. He looks good, and last year he took on the toughest assignments and did a better job on them than our other players would have. So I'm all about it. He can make threes. He can make free throws. He can make jump shots. He can attack the basket. He's big. He's strong. Let's go. Patrick Williams, get on the hype train. Yeah, look, I want to be there. I'm not there yet. I want to be there. I, I, like, I like him. I don't know, you know exactly what he's going to be. Um, but yeah, if he's Kawhi Leonard, then yeah, I mean, I don't go. know. I'm not look. I'm not saying he's Kawhi Leonard, but uh, I think he could be somewhere between Jeremy Grant and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, well, I, I would happily take that. I would I would take Jeremy Grant. You know, that's I think reasonably speaking, it would be fine if that's what he ends up being for us. Um, but I, you know, if that's what he is, then I don't know what the sound of this team is exactly. But um. Okay, so real quick, uh, just just give me like a, a bit of a rundown because you experienced summer league of Marco Simonovic. Like, the your report back from summer league basically seemed to be you loved Patrick Williams in summer league, um, you enjoyed what you saw of Io, and uh, less high on Simonovic. Yeah, you know, here was the thing with Simonovic. I expected more of a Miritich type. I thought he was going to be a guy who, you know, could shoot the ball had some finesse to his game, but was big, you know. Um, it turns out that's not what he is. Um, I saw he made some jumpers, but his three-point range is not there yet. He's not a great three-point shooter right now. I saw him make some mid-range shots, and he looks good, and he's making free throws. So I feel like he would have to extend his range to three-point land. He's not there yet. Um I mean, not to say he won't try him, but he's just not going to be very effective at it. I think his mid-range game is solid. What was surprised to me was how athletic he was. He was run, leading the break. He was running the floor. Um, he can pass and dribble and stuff. He was not like a stiff out there, and you could switch with him. So 
I was impressed. He could rebound. But look, I mean, we're watching Summer League, so you know it's hard to say how that translates exactly, but you can see the traits. Um, and I definitely think he has potential. He needs to get bigger and stronger. He needs to expand his range out to three-point range. But those are things that I think he can do. So um, I think he's, I mean, for a second-round pick, I, you know, I, I think he'll be solid. We'll see, we'll see what he turns into, but I liked what I saw. Patrick Williams was a stud, I mean, in Summer League. You know, he dropped 31 game. I mean, he was the best player on the floor in all the Summer League games he played. And, I mean, I, he's supposed to be, but, you know, he was. And um, it was very obvious. I was about to say, yeah, uh, I remember one year when Doug McDermott returned to the Summer League after a year in the NBA and was the best player on the floor. But Doug, Durm- Doug McDermott time. was a scorer, but he, he wasn't – like it wasn't like he was locking people down. Patrick Williams was True. breaking up packing things. There was a um uh, a a second round guy on the Timberwolves. Um might have been Culver, but it was a uh, or no, it was somebody else. But it was like a former first round pick. It was like a year ago. And um he when Patrick Williams was on him, he didn't do anything. When Patrick Williams wasn't on him, he was dropping people down and scoring. So um, it was very noticeable, and Patrick Williams was making deep threes, and he was, I mean, he needs to work on his game, like, they were asking him to do things he's not that great at yet, in terms of uh, taking the ball from the top of the key, drive into the basket with, you know, on his own, and then making tough shots, like contested shots, that's not, he's not there yet, but if he's cutting back door, um, he can dunk over people, um, he blocked shots, stole the ball, um, and he made threes and jumpers, so um, I listen. I'm all about it. I'm on the Patrick Williams side train. Simonovich, I don't think he's. I think he'll. I think he can contribute, but I don't see him being a major minutes guy. Bradley's definitely going to get more minutes over him, but he could. I mean, he's better than Cornette was, and and that kind of thing. But uh, I don't see him being a uh, you know 20 minutes per game guy. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um... That's fine, you know. He's a second round pick, uh, international guy, so he looks good though. Yeah, lucky if he hits, and if not, no big deal. But right, um, worth worth a shot. And yep. so, okay, the final question of the evening, unless you want to keep going, which we don't have to, uh, is how the Bulls stack up in the Eastern Conference um, with all these new moves, this totally revamped team. Uh, and we can assume. I think it's a two-part question. I think it's how they stack up in the Eastern Conference, and how we feel about the new management and coaching staff, new management team and coaching staff. Because to me, fair. they are linked. Yeah. I, well, the one thing I will say is that I don't think like this current team. Assuming we have Larry Mark and I'm just going to include him in the current team. This team is not what the team's going to be at the end of the year. Like it seems like it's possible that we try to offload Kobe White, and it's incredibly possible that we try to get rid of Larry Markkinen if we go into this season with him. Um, and then, yeah, we could maybe package Troy Brown for something, whatever, I don't know. But, but yeah, I think it's, it's possible that we make another addition or two to this team, maybe add a, um, uh, a buyout guy or something to gear up for the playoffs, something like that. Like, this is not quite the finished roster, but, but assuming, you know, looking at this roster... Um, how do they stack? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think for best team in the East, the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think there's a question there. They got better this offseason. Cam Johnson looked great in summer league. Patty Mills. They brought Blake Griffin back. They, they're they studs. If and they brought they, back Bruce Brown, too. Correct. If, they, if they're healthy, they're winning the whole champ. They're winning the championship. 
And then James Johnson, former Bull. Yeah. Um, one of the great enforcers. Yeah. But he does know all the martial arts, you know. Um, so so Brooklyn's number one. I think Milwaukee's two. Can we agree on that? Uh, like regular season record type deal and yeah. just talent level? I think – actually, I think both. In both ways, they are probably number two, yes. I think they're both. They got Giannis. Giannis was pretty damn good. Um, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, those are pretty good players. They'll um, have Connaughton – or sorry, they'll have uh, DiVincenzo back healthy. Uh, they retained Bobby Portis. They added Rodney Hood. They uh, got George Hill back, although he wasn't really um, yeah, very but, good last year. But they um, lost Jeff Teague, so I don't know. That, I, don't know <laughs> they can, I don't know if they have what it takes anymore. Finals MVP, Jeff <laughs> Teague. Did they um, lose Brent Forbes? They did, right? No. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, they, they did. Brent Forbes went to the Spurs. He was a solid six man for them. That was He was helpful. They got Grayson Allen back in a trade. Um, yeah. yeah. So now they can kick actually people. Actually, it's fine. Yeah. Grayson Allen's actually become like something. I don't like Grayson. He's one of my least favorite players in the NBA. He's a pretentious son of a gun. I think he is a dick. He sucks. He gives. He's totally yeah. He's like the epitome of what people don't like about Duke. He's he's basically Christian Leitner if he was a shooting guard. I should also mention they added Sammy Ojale to kind of replace um, PJ Tucker, who left in free agency. Oh, they lost PJ. Yeah, Sammy Ojale. I, I mean, look, that's future. pretty good. I think that's an upgrade over. Well, I don't think he's an upgrade over PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker now. PJ Tucker now is like <laughs> such a minus on offense. He gives yeah, you but he helps nothing. you. I think he helps you defensively and also just keeping yeah. the team te- keeping the team together. He helps just, like, keeping everybody on the same page and just, like, being a leader and a veteran. Yeah, but he you got veteran leadership from Drew Holiday and now Giannis. He, he helped. I think he helped. I don't – I don't. yeah, but I think it's fine. fives. Semi Ojale, I don't know about that. Ojale could too. I mean, I you know, know he's like kind of the same size. I mean, Ojale he's more – Yeah, but he doesn't know what he's doing out there. I don't think yeah, he's – Whatever. Anyway, that's I think not he's important. got promise. Okay, Milwaukee's two. Let's focus yeah, on number three. Um, who do you think? Okay, now this is something that I've been listening to a lot of podcasts yeah. about. Um, I think in terms of, I don't know, like, are we talking about, like, just, like, should we do, like, record or, like, level of quality? I, I think, I think sort of different. I think, well, we're talking where they stack up in the East. Let's first go through and talk about where everyone's going to finish in the top eight. Okay. And then let's do the top eight, and then we can talk about who's going who's gonna to actually win the playoff series. Because to me, so, and then who's going to be there at the end? Yeah, that's the thing. So, like, I think I don't really – I don't have a lot of faith in the Sixers as a postseason team. But I think, you know, just – Regular season. Regular yeah. season record, I think that they're going to be in Probably. that sort of 3-4 range. I, but I don't I, – I just – even – okay, let's say they do, like, a, a Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard trade. I Damian Lillard is, is – he's also, like, super bad on defense. I don't really think that that team is going to be, like – so much better, you know. So I, I don't, I don't actually have them as like they're not the third best team to me, but I could see them having the third best record pretty easily. I see them as both third best team and third best record. Um, the fourth team, this is where it starts to get a little bit interesting for us because you could talk about the Hawks. You know, the Celtics added Schroeder. You know, it's not the Celtics. It's the Hawks. I don't or the think Heat. it's the Celtics. 
It's over oh, the heat. Yep, 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 yep. Over oh, the heat, yeah. And the Hawks Ooh, and the Heat I like are the both... heat in the playoffs. I like the heat yeah. in the playoffs. So that's what I was going to say. The Hawks and the Heat are both, to me, much better than the Sixers. Like, I, I trust them much more in the playoffs after what we just saw. And a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, you know, like, there's that top tier, you know, there's uh, the Nets in Brooklyn, and then there's, uh, sorry, <laughs> the Nets and the Bucks, and then there's, you know, like, teams like the Sixers and the Heat. And I would say, no, 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 the Sixers are not near the team that the Hawks is. You know, they just got whooped by, not whooped, but they got beaten by a Hawks team that was missing, um, you know, it's like third best player. But uh, basically, yeah, I think the Sixers are overrated, uh, and uh, the Hawks and the Heat are both better than the Sixers. Look, here's the thing. I, we have to talk about the Sixers as they are now, not if they make a trade. We have to talk about them as they are now. Because Sixers I don't now. Know. <laughs> because the Sixers now, let's, okay, we can assume they're going to, I think they're going to finish third in the regular season. I guess they'll, they'll make a trade with Ben Simmons. They'll get somewhat better. Let's say it's Simmons from McCollum and like another, and, and Powell or something like that. Very okay. possible. Let's say it's something like that. And then there's some picks and whatever bullshit. I think they will be the third team record wise. Let's focus on record. Fourth team. This is where I think it comes down to the Hawks, the Heat, and the Bulls. And whoa, I okay. <laughs> regular season. I mean, okay. I don't think the Hawks are. I think the Hawks are like you know, kind of the Heat like were in the bubble. You know, they seem they got a good momentum going. They got Mojo. They're a good team, but I don't. I you know I don't really think they're going to be better this year. They added Gorgie Jang. Um, they still have British, they still have Young, they still have Clint Capella, they still have Bogdan Bogdanovich, still have Kevin Oh, Herbert. it's a rumor. They still have DeAndre Hunter, who, you know, was barely healthy. Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter are very good. Onyeke Okongwu was a lottery pick for them. Okay. And showed a lot of promise. I really think and they, they kept They were really uh, good. Collins. I really liked um, what I saw. I think that they're awesome, and I think they could totally beat the Bucks in a playoff series. They almost th- did. Yeah, I think they could too. Oh, if they were fully healthy with Hunter and Reddish, healthy, they would have won this year. Yeah, I, I think they they. Oh yeah, because yeah, but then Giannis was hurt too, so it was like eh. I I think I think if I had to, yeah, the Hawks are really good. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fine. The Hawks are gonna finish fourth. The Heat are good, but I think they're a little veteran oriented, so they'll have injuries. They just they're old. They just will. Um. So and they don't have a ton of depth. I don't care what anybody says. So, I I'm gonna put them at, at the Heat at six, and I'm gonna put the Bulls at the fifth seed, and the Heat sixth, and then I think, then I think either the Celtics or the Knicks. So I think probably Celtics seven, Knicks eight. I don't know. It seems tough. Maybe this Knicks seven, Celtics eight. Yeah, the Knicks. You know, Tibbs is gonna play everybody way too many minutes. Um, at Knicks some point, they're gonna get hurt. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and then the Celtics—they actually made some interesting changes. They already kept Walker, who was hurt half the year last year and, and wasn't himself when he was healthy. They brought back Al Horford, who has more value for them than he does on a lot of other teams. Yeah, he'll be helpful um, for them. Yeah, they have Josh Richardson, uh, who you know was not great last year, but was good the year before. Um, they had, or no, actually no, he was okay the year before. He wasn't he was good. that good. He wasn't that good on the Sixers. He was good in his one year with the Heat. Yes, he was good in the he was good in, the, in Miami. Anyway, I think okay. So you're saying that? What do you see the bull, the Bulls as? 
Let's oh, see. Yeah, Do you right, think the Knicks yeah. will finish ahead of them? Because no, be I kind of I like us over them and the Celtics. I like us I over those that, two. I think I like us as as a six seed, but like our floor is like the ten seed. <laughs> like we're gonna be a, like at least a playing uh, team. No this way, year. ten seed. I, it's possible. If there's a lot of injuries, I guess, but. So the Celtics, I forgot to say, the Celtics also have Dennis Schroeder, who's, you know, yeah, yeah, didn't I know. have a great playoff. signed playoffs, him but for he's... five million bucks. But, yeah. look, okay, here's the thing. I think the Bulls are going to be the fifth seed. I think that I, the— Five or six. The Heat the Heat are very good. The Heat could easily be the three seed. Um, it's just we played the Heat and beat the Heat last year without Zach Levine. Yeah, in one game. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, the Heat made a major upgrade with Kyle Lowry. Um, they added depth, uh, although it's old depth, with... Um, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker, Markeith Morris. Um, they retain Oladipo on a minimum contract. He's, like, going to be rehabbing most of the year, but... They don't have Chris um, Dunn. They lost... Or, sorry. Uh, Kendrick Nunn. Whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they're I think they're interesting. I think Tyler Hero is gonna have a bounce back year. I like that they kept Dwayne Dedman. Yeah. I think Dwayne Dedman's a really good backup center. He can space the floor. They still um, miss Jay Crowder. They still miss Jay Crowder. PJ Tucker is not Jay Crowder. That was a mistake. And Kyle Lowry is an old man. Kyle Lowry is not young. He is um he's awesome, but it's not like it's Chris Paul from last year. And and at, Jimmy never Jimmy's not playing a full season. He's gonna get no. But he's going to average like twenty-seven and seven and be crazy good on defense. Like Jimmy is. They're awesome. going to be a very good defensive team when healthy. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Um, Bam is going to take a leap. Hero could take a leap. Robinson's going to be awesome. Bam had a down year last year. I think he's going to be back up to where he was the year before. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, look at these teams versus like the the final four from twenty twenty versus the final four from twenty twenty one. Like the final four from twenty twenty, none of them made it. Everyone got hurt, dealt with COVID stuff. Um, you know, and um. I think they're going to all have bounce back years to an extent, but that's a conversation for another day. The point is the Heat are going to be better than the record, um, but I think the Heat Agreed. are still going to finish the better record than us. Not sure. And I agree you with that. you don't agree? Yeah. No, I think the Heat finished sixth, and then the Celtics, and then the Knicks. Wow, Knicks going to eighth? That seems like pretty dramatic. Yeah, I don't well, know about that. I feel like I'm not. And there are two other wild card teams that I want to talk about. Um, sorry, so finish your Knicks lot, though. I really, they were, I mean, they played so hard and played defense. And I know Randall played out of his mind and then sucked in the playoffs. I, I just, I find it hard to believe they're going to finish eighth. I don't think they're going to finish eighth. I think they're going to finish seventh. I don't know what, I, I guess we could finish sixth. We could finish really. eighth. We could finish ninth. Oh, um, that would be really disappointing. So the Knicks, so I they, don't think we're going to finish ninth. I don't think so. We're going to be good. I think we're going to finish fifth. I'm calling it. The Knicks fifth retained a lot of guys. Uh, they added Evan Fournier. Um, yeah, because he's such a winning player. Well, in the regular season. <laughs> no. He sucks. Um, they have Kemba now on a pretty good value deal. If yeah, Kemba that's can true. be what he was. I, like, the Knicks improved. Um, now, like, yeah, but they, out, they overperformed last year. The Knicks wanted Lowry. They're one of those teams that, you know, would have They also did well in terms of avoiding guard. injuries and COVID problems last year, too. There was some luck involved in that record. They were the four seed. They lost to the Hawks in five in the first round. Yes. Um, they played, you know, like the record was better than they were. And it was, you know, a very Thibodeau-esque team in that uh, they overperformed during the regular season, looked awesome, and then sort of fell apart in the playoffs when teams were able to sort of, like, suss out their weaknesses. 
And then also Randall was just terrible. Barrett was just terrible. Um, yeah, they they, 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 they can't do like, much about that. They're like, oh, you have to go to your right. It's like, wait, I don't know how to play on my like. Which why were people not doing that the whole season? If that's all you had to do, I'm very confused. It I was really, weird. I really think last year you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. I'll be honest with you, especially during the regular season because people were hurt, people had COVID, and no one could practice. And so you weren't getting the practices, which is where defense is in, is instilled and ingrained. And and then during the playoffs, the defense was way better. And there's a reason because they were able to focus and practice. That's that's fair. So the, okay, so here's the thing about the East: is the East is actually pretty deep. There are three teams we haven't even talked about yet who could all finish ahead of us. Um, I don't think that they will, but they could. Who? There are the Indiana Pacers. Oh yeah, the Washington good too. The Indiana Pacers, the Washington Wizards, and the Toronto Raptors, all of whom Ooh. have pretty good, pretty good top players. So okay, so Wizards are not a playoff team. Let me give you the Wizards right now. So the Wizards finished as the eight seed last year, um, focused around Bradley Beal, who was an All Star, the top scorer in the league, whatever, whatever. And um, uh, well, actually, I don't know if he finished behind Steph or not, but he was right there, neck and neck. Um, and Russell Westbrook, who's gone. And now the team is top-lined by Bradley Beal at the two, Spencer Dinwiddie as the point guard at a pretty reasonable deal. Yeah, because he's um, coming off an ACL. Well, that's, yeah, partial ACL, Max, please. Um, it and, got uh, cut. <laughs> it was a surgery. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, and then they have, um, let's see here, they have Kyle Kuzma. Oh, well, actually, no, Kentavious Kelly-Pope is the, the highlight of the Westbrook tr- trade, actually, to the Lakers for he's the Wizards. A, he's a solid, solid player. You know who could use him? He'd be awesome on the Bulls, absolutely. I, I don't know. I guess he'd be sort of the backup behind DeRozan, but he could play some backup too. He'd be very valuable. Um, he's a little expensive. He's fifteen million dollars a year or something. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, well, but he's you know he's gonna start in Washington. Um, yeah. And they have Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia. Yeah. Who there were rumors we would draft instead of Patrick Williams. Yeah. Well, you know who would have drafted him? Gar Foreman and John Paxson. <laughs> Absolutely. Very Gar Paxi. That would be so Gar Paxi. And they have Kuzma. They have Harold, who's good during the regular season and is terrible in the playoffs. Um, yeah. They have uh, Aaron Holiday, who could be something. Raul Neto, who was their backup point guard. Daniel Gafford. Uh, they have Daniel Gafford. Um, Look, we get it, okay? We, you know, they're a solid team. They're deep. They have Davis Bertans, who didn't even talk about. They have uh, Tomas Bryant. That's because he sucks. Well, yeah, Thomas Bryant gets hurt every year. Yeah, Thomas, I mean, that's true. Thomas, and Thomas Bryant doesn't play defense. Look, if you combine Daniel Gafford's defense with Thomas Bryant's offense, you would have an all-star caliber player. But guess what? They're two different players, so that's not the case. I am not in on the Wizards. I also think Bradley Beal is going to be a malcontent the whole season. I know we say he has such a good attitude, but then you watch him on the bench and he looks like he's sulking. So I am out on the Wizards. I think they are a playing caliber team, not a playoff caliber team. Yeah, I think they're I mean, basically the, the same team they were last year. They have different players, but I think the outcome is going to be basically the same. They're much deeper. I know, but they don't have Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but like... He was like their leading rebounder, second leading scorer, leading assist man. Well, that's Russell Westbrook, but he was not very helpful in the playoffs, you know? And yeah, well, oh, because... Dinwiddie's good. Dinwiddie fits in better, you know, next to Beal in some ways. Um, I, I think it, it makes sense if he's healthy, uh, you know, if he's what he was before he got hurt. Look, I, 
fine. I don't but think I they're think, gonna. I think we're better than them. Yeah, I think on paper you're right. Um, I mean, literally, that we played them at the beginning of the year when they had uh, Thomas Bryant healthy. Everyone was healthy, and we played them without Vucevic, and we beat them soundly. So we're a much better team. They are not that great, okay? They got beat pretty badly in the play-in. So I'm out. And then, so that's the Wizards. I I hear you saying. I I think that they. I don't know. Like you know, the the bottom of the East is is wild. The East is deep. It is. So a lot of this could be contingent on injuries. Like Bradley Beal is a very good player. He doesn't play a lot of defense either, but he's very good on offense. Um, and they're deep. So you know, who knows, right? They have a new coach. Um. We'll see. Uh, the Raptors. I think it's gonna like the thing about the Raptors is they they their their most important uh, free agent of the year was not a player, right? Their most important free agent was Masai Ujiri, who got a crazy awesome deal and deservedly so to return. And I think if they start to slide, like you know, he's not gonna be afraid to no, to he's do taken. further trades. Yeah, like there's he, already a ton of Pascal Siakam rumors. I think right. they're gonna trade him. They might trade him to the Warriors for Wiseman and the two and the two. New recent picks. I'm 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 thinking the Raptors tank. I think they could tank, and they could still keep Siakam, who's quite good. So I think like, they're going to trade him. I think they're going to tank. Yeah, he I didn't mean, get Drogic, along with Nick Nurse last year. He's out. Drogic might um, be on the move as well. Who's a new acquisition by the Raptors and part of, as a part of the uh, Lowry sign and trade? With yeah, the Heat. he wants to play with his Slovenian buddy. They have Scotty Barnes, who yeah, I do like Scotty Barnes. Who, but he's a sort of like high upside guy who's going to be like a bit more right. raw. Yes, um, Jalen Suggs, perfect right? For tanking, so, yeah. So, so it's true. I think they're offloading those guys. Look, we talked about this at the end of the day. I'm out on the Raptors, out on the Wizards. I, I think you know. I think they could qualify for playing maybe, but you know, there's going to be injuries and shit. But look, I'm in on who's the um. All right, Indiana. The Indiana is going to be a good team. Yeah, so that's the thing. So Indiana, you know, on paper, they could be like a five seed. Like right? Rick but Carlisle, like, you know, he'll come in. Major yeah. coaching upgrade, ostensibly. Yeah, he's not going to win a, a playoff series, though. We know that for sure, because he hasn't he, done that since 2011. He so, hates winning playoff series, yeah. Yeah, it's not, that's, not in his, that's not in his wheelhouse. Um, I think he's got a lot of Rick Carlisle-type players. I think Sabonis is going to be awesome. Yeah. Because um, he is. Um, I'm a Turner. Let's say Turner's health. Let's say Brogdon's let's healthy. Let's say they don't trade him because they've been trying to for like four years. But yeah, let's say I, Warren's healthy. Yeah, Brogdon. I don't think we can say Brogdon's healthy. He never is healthy for a full let's, year. Let's say two out of three of those guys are healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. It's not, you're, um, not, you're not wrong. Um, I also had uh, Karis LeVert who had uh, like a, a cancer scare. Yeah, um, but I don't think Karis LeVert makes them a better team. Like when he's on the floor, he is all about Karis LeVert. He is jacking up shots. I don't think he's going to get along with Mr. Carlisle. That's a coaching thing. Um, you know, like LeVert could take a leap with a good coach. Now, to be fair, they had Nate McMillan pretty recently on the Pacers. Who Nate McMillan is a really good coach. He's a really good coach. People <laughs> underrated him. Yeah, um, but he was, was you know, a good coach on the Blazers. He was a good coach on the Pacers. And he's been a great coach on the Hawks. So I don't understand yeah. this Nate McMillan hate. But Lavert hasn't never never played for Nate McMillan. Lavert played no. for Nate Bjorkman, and uh, he played uh, with the Nets before that. You know, um, So 
he, most recently he had Nash when, when we saw him healthy, and then a little bit of Bjorkman. Um, so you know who knows, right? I think um, I think McMillan is better than probably both those coaches. I don't know. We don't know about Nash. Nash seems like he I like could Nash. be something. I'm in on Nash. The the thing with Bruce Brown is like the big Nash. Uh, attribute and then Claxton over uh, the thing DeAndre. with Nash is he mix and matches all those yeah. lineups and was still able to win games when his best players were not on the floor. I mean, that was really impressive what he was able to do with Harden. I mean, I know Harden was basically just doing it. I mean, those three but, guys, their basketball IQ is you know the highest. Uh, so obviously, like, they don't need a lot of coaching, but his yeah. ability to get them to work together and not fight was very impressive. My big thing with Nash is that um, the Nets should have won that second-round series against the Bucks, and yes. Nash played Kevin Durant coming off of an Achilles tear. 49 uh, minutes or 50 yeah, minutes. Every minute of, I think, two games, right? Well, almost every minute every of minute. one game and then almost every minute of an overtime most game. Most of the minutes. Yeah. And Durant wore out, as obviously he would. Even though he was playing like out of his mind and amazingly, yeah, you know, and if he's... Like they just had to – his foot just needed to be over the line for that three, you know, in, uh, I think, game seven, right? And uh, they would have moved on and probably gotten um, one of Harden or Kyrie back in time for the Hawks, right? So Well, Harden was there. Harden was playing. He was barely playing. Yeah, Harden would have but like he, was, had, he was looking better every game. So yeah. the seventh game he looked better. So if he had been able to get a couple of days off before the next series, I think they would have won the next series. And then I think it would have won the championship. There's no doubt in my mind they would have beaten the Phoenix Suns. So, yeah. That's, yeah. That's but a minutes decision from their head coach. But you could argue that if he hadn't done that, they wouldn't have even made it that far, which is the case. Well, playing every minute one time, fine, but not a second time. I would have probably rested him some, yeah, yeah. in the other games. And just played for Game Seven, honestly, and like rested hard. Like I honestly, I would have maybe just tanked that one game. What was it Game Six, Game Five? Whatever the first game with Harden back was, yeah. And Harden was not himself. He was playing with the yeah, hamstring. I probably would have just tanked it and rested yeah. him. Honestly, rest game. all your good players. Just intentionally lose. I mean, I guess the optics are bad, and you can't like actually do that. But I would totally have tried to find a way to do that. Sure, you can. They should have. Yeah, play him like 20 minutes and then intentionally get way down and then yank him. I don't know. They, they played him like 30-plus minutes every time yeah. he played it, too. Hard Whatever. Enough. Anyway, back to the uh, teams. So, okay, so, uh, sorry. Right, we got off track. The Pacers, this is the last thing really we're going to talk about because we're talking about the, the East standings. Uh, the Pacers have a chance to be very good um, if they stay healthy, which is a big if with them. Um, and they also have a lot of guys on pretty good contracts that, you know, they could be – if they wanted to, which it doesn't seem like the ownership is open to this really, but like they missed the playoffs last year. But if they wanted to um, sell off some stuff, they totally could. No, that's not the Pacers' way. The Pacers' way is be a solid team always, but never be a terrible team or a great team. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I think they would like to be a great team, but they don't want to. Not, but they're not willing to tank like a small market team, and they're never going to be a destination because they're the Pacers. Yeah, that's the issue is that like they, they need to like probably make some sort of deal. And I don't exactly know what the deal is to take them to the next level. But I think they could totally be like a, a bottom four playoff team and knock out like the Celtics or the Knicks or something. Oh, for sure. Or, or us. I mean, if they stay healthy, that's like, the they're very if good. If they stay healthy, like they would be a good matchup. I still think we would beat them. I, they played us last year. I, I saw them play us when, before we had Vucevic, and we beat them. 
in Indiana. That's the other thing I should talk about too. I, I just don't play tournament. I don't see why you're you're saying these things about these teams, but like I I watched any team that is basically the same as last year that I watched play. I know I have a good sense of whether or not we are a better team than them. Like I saw us play the Hawks, um, and Zach Levine scored like sixty some points. Didn't we lose though? Yeah, but that was the team that made it to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Ah, Eastern Conference Finals. If they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and we basically beat them in Atlanta. We lost to them. They let I know, Zach but score, it was, we lost to them. <laughs> whatever, but I'm just saying, like, it was a very – we lost because Trey Young went insane. But guess what? Trey Young went insane, and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I guess my point is, like, you're saying all these teams are so good, but, like, I watched these – but you can't tell me – that that team is better definitively than our current team. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. And also, I guess my big thing is that, like, I don't want us to fall I only see team. two teams in the East that I know for a fact would beat us, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, if they were healthy. The I rest, think, I think we could play. We might win, we might lose, I don't know. I, I think the Hawks are better than us. I think they're the tier above. And I want to say Miami, but because of what happened in the playoffs for Miami last year, I can't say Miami anymore. I think, but I, I, I definitely think the Hawks are better than us. I think the Hawks and Miami are probably better, but I would have to. But I think we could play them and see how it goes. So that's the thing. Uh, so if, I don't want a seven-game series, how, you know? Well, no, that's okay. That's what I want to say. So it's not about a seven-game series because there's a chance we finish as the eighth seed or the seventh seed. And yeah. then we're in the play-in tournament, and we could lose to any of these teams in like a you know best of two. I don't think deal. we would. I, I don't know. Depends on the, health. Yeah, I think the Wizards we totally could. I I think no. we probably are are good against the Raptors, and I think we're probably good against the Pacers. But I, I don't think know. The Pacers are definitely the best of those three teams, and I think we'd have a tough time to definitively beat them. Both times, but I think we would beat them. Interesting. I think we win. I think we would. I think we're the fifth best team in the East. That's what I think. That's fifth, the fifth or sixth. Head to head. Head to head. Do you think that? Like, what do you think the ceiling is for this team this year in terms of playoff results? Like, I think the ceiling is we make it to the second round and lose. Yes. Probably, yeah, I think so. I don't think we're going to make it past the second round because to make it past the second round, we'd have to beat both. Because the problem is we're not going to finish third. And if we finish third in the conference, then we would play the sixth team. Like, we wouldn't have to play, um, you know. Because if we make it to the second round, we're playing, what, Brooklyn? Well, maybe. I mean, there's a chance that, like— there's a chance we luck out and that Brooklyn or Milwaukee finished lower than we expect them to. And, you know, another random team that's more beatable uh, somehow becomes our second-round opponent. But, but even see, then, if they make it that far, that team, then that team probably did something that works pretty well. Exactly. I don't see us beating the second seed or the first seed in the East. Neither no do way. I. No way. I do think we could win the first-round series. I think we could win a first-round series. I don't think it's that possible. I think we could. I don't think it's that possible. I don't think, I think it's that... likely, but I think we could. I think that there are uh, definitely four teams that are better than us, you know, um, and then the Sixers are a wild card as the fifth team that could be. I love our team, Alex. I'm all in on the Bulls this year. It's a great team. I'm all in. Let's go. It's a, 
it's a good team, and I'm excited to see what happens. I think there's a chance that that I'm wrong and you're right, and that the truth um, lies somewhere in the middle, most likely. <laughs> I mean, like here's the thing: right? like, <laughs> they're like probably going to be the fifth seed and lose to the fourth seed in like six games. <laughs> That's yeah. probably what's going to happen. It's very bullsy, you know. We <laughs> used to do that a gonna lot. That's what's going to happen. That's good. It's, good. it's like the Wizards. The seed. You remember the Wizards and the the Baby Bulls? Yeah, the four the five seed. We were, we yeah. were the four seed. Classic, classic matchups. Yeah, I mean, I felt really good about that team. I think I'm, I think that team probably would beat this team. No, it wouldn't. The baby well, bulls. Well, because okay, so you had like Bobby, Kirk, like, you had yeah, Kirk, Laurel Dang, yeah, Gordon, ben Gordon, who was like kind of the best he was ever going to be that first year. Yeah, but he was the sixth man. Yeah, and he won. Yeah, yeah. Well, he won sixth man of the year, second year, I think. Actually, no, that's not true. Ben Gordon was amazing in 2009. So actually, yeah, he I'm had wrong. like three or four good years. Yeah, and then um, Nocioni. Um, okay, but like you know, good Curry, good Chandler. That team not, could not, not have basket. That team could not have stopped us. But yeah, the way we score this team is is cool. No way, no way they yeah. could have stopped yeah, us. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We make too many threes. That like, team was a, a much better defensive team, but I know, but, but they didn't have to. Play, they, they didn't play teams that made all these threes back then. True. And That's the true. game is called differently. So they would have to deal with the fouls and the three point shooting. You'd imagine that, that ben team Gordon couldn't be score. Better. That just that team just couldn't score enough points. Ben Gordon would be a better scorer now. Yeah, but he was really a six man. He played against the bench. That's true. I mean, he would score, but like, here's the thing: he could score like, let's say he scored thirty. Zach Levine against that team is going to score thirty points. That's true. That's true. I just remember Ben Gordon in the Celtics series in 2009, you know, when he scored yeah. 50 or whatever it was. True, true. He was amazing. Yeah. But it was like 50 and a lot. But that team didn't score a lot either. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think you're going to stop our team. I just think we aren't going to stop you either. But you got to be able to score. Well, the ceiling for this team is higher than that team's ceiling, for sure. I like our team, okay? I, I think, yeah, it's possible that Zach tapes, takes another leap. He was such an efficient scorer. He was yeah. playing defense in the Olympics. Yeah. And he was shooting like crazy in the Olympics. His shooting numbers were insanely And, and, and I also think his turn, I think he's going to get better getting to the line. I think yeah. DeMar DeRozan is going to have a good influence there. I think he's going to get better from a his, – his scoring might decrease a little bit because of all these other scores, but I think his – but like he won't be turning the ball over as much because he'll have all these other people who can who can facilitate. DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball uh, can take the pressure off of him offensively because he was asked to do a lot on the ball last year, more than he's really good at, too much, you know. So I think he needs to be a little more cutting, getting open for threes because you can't play him one-on-one. So if if people are going to play him one-on-one consistently, and especially if he's switching on a pick-and-pop or pick-and-roll, you're in trouble. The guy's going to drop 30. Yeah. So um, He's he's cool. I'm excited about him. Um, so, yeah. And then that's the other thing, too, I guess, is like, Depending on a record, we could get two All Stars this year. You know, it could be Zach yeah. and Vooch or Zach and Lonzo. If Lonzo takes some kind of crazy leap, I don't think Lonzo is going to be an All Star. Or he's Demar, not going to score enough points. That's the thing is, Demar could score a bunch of points. It's just like yeah. I don't think Demar is actually going to be the second best player on our team. I could see. I mean, Vooch could be a reserve because there's not that many centers. Right. And one of them's and Joel Embiid's going to be hurt probably. I don't know. Fifty well, fifty shot. So if he's hurt and he can't go, Vooch could sub in. 
Well, it's not like that anymore, though. It's it's now it's about like um, front court and back court players. It's not like you need a center anymore. Yeah, but you know, yeah, and they can qualify front court. They can make different guys. Whatever. I think Demar and Zach or De- or Zach and Vooch, like we could have two. If we finish in the top four seeds, I think we will have two. Or just by the All Star break, if we have the top four. Yes. Seed. Yes. If we have yeah, yeah. If we have the fourth seed, I think we could. I think the fourth seed is possible, and I think we could win a first round matchup. And then I think we will lose. I love that optimism, though. I, I really, I'm having trouble. We'll seeing get us, beat down in the second round, though. I'm having trouble seeing us make the second round, but that would be cool. I could see um, it. And again, a big part of the season is you know showing Zach we mean business and showing players around the league that like this is a we're fun a big team. market team. Big market team. We're playing. It's time to we're, show we're, it. Yeah, we're behaving like a big market team. Whereas Carpex played like, or they used the front office like we were the Pacers, like nickel and diming everybody. And yeah, uh, yeah it's just uh, it's an exciting time to be a Bulls fan. Absolutely. So say the Bulls brothers.